Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. I'm in your Amazon account, Nina. Oh I'm in your Amazon account. Oh my God. Oh my goodness. Well, I I think I'm being very blasé about this, so let's see what the hell you uncover. I Maintain the blasé. Maintain the blasé. Oh yes, I shall. Hello, welcome back. It's my mate bought a toaster, and if you were wondering what was the first thing that genius comedian, writer, ventriloquist, podcaster Nina Conti ever bought on Amazon? Well, you'd have to go back to 2005. Nina Conti, 2005. Oh God, oh God mm. I didn't know we were going back that far. Shit. Okay, what'd I buy? It's a really good one. Oh, shit. What is it? You know, no, it's fine. You have every reason to be very proud. It's Abbey Road by The Beatles. Oh, right. Wow. Imagine oh, that's great. That's great. That. Right. Yeah. 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 That's fine. before it became released on Spotify and everything. They were quite fussy at the beginning, weren't they, the Beatles? Uh, wasn't there some issue with Apple because their label was called Apple and so they weren't... Uh, uh, didn't, didn't Apple say... Didn't Apple the technological giants... Didn't Steve Jobs say, we will never encroach into audio. Don't worry about us. We're not going to come for you audio. To, to the record label Apple. And then history does tell that Apple definitely went into the world of audio. God. And so they they fell out with the Beatles label. I believe. I mm-hmm. believe that's true. Yeah, that makes sense. So this takes me back to there's a toddler in the back seat of the car and oh. he's, yeah, and it's a little darling and all those songs and he's kind of getting into them. 2005. Yes. Yeah, that's where yes. I am. I'm at Brent Cross Shopping Centre, mildly <laughs> depressed, trying to... <laughs> I've since kind of this is maybe this is sacrilegious, but I've since really I don't really want to listen to the Beatles. I mean, I've had enough. Yeah, it's it's pos it's possible to over listen, but it's also possible to listen to certain artists and certain albums, and it takes you back to that moment, yes. which wasn't a, maybe the happiest moment. Yeah, it was slightly lonely, but it was important. You know, it was a milestone. Mm. It was a new life that I wasn't used to yet. It was a steep learning curve. It was tough keeping yeah. the kid ups and. It was tough keeping him from getting upset in the car often. You know, music yeah. helped. It's all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, poor Nina. <laughs> <laughs> you poor, poor girl. Having to go shopping in your lovely car with your beautiful child. Yeah, around exactly. Brent Cross shopping oh, God, and I'd love to bleeds. meet him again. I mean, that's just tragic that you lose all the children that your children were in every age. Don't you get like a great big party? We welcome them all back, the two-year-old and the seven-year-old version. And then they can all be really nice to each other. Oh, my God. I, I always want my... I would love my kids to be able to meet each other when they were the same age. I do think about that a lot and how well they would get on God, if they met yeah. at, at three. But equally, I, it's still very raw. For, I'm, I'm still... What? How old are your kids now? Where are you at now? Well, Where, I get, what are your numbers? What, this is why. 2005, he was, uh, he was one and a half or something. He's now... He's oh. turning 17 in about oh, a week don't. or two. Oh, don't. Yeah. 
So he'll be driving to Brent Cross Shopping Centre with driving lessons. Yes, with his young slut pregnant girlfriend. <laughs> isn't that the isn't that the bonus track on Abbey Road? Young slut pregnant girlfriend. I'm sure that that's definitely a Ringo track. Yeah. <laughs> God. Yeah. Good luck to them. Um, I like that you've been so uh, uh, candid and honest about those first. God, those first couple of years with kids, because I fucking hated it. Doesn't mean I hate my child. No, God. I hate I hated those those things where you had to fill the day with something to do, and and you sort of like you've described, like a, a song can become part of your routine. It was it's all about routines and rituals, isn't it? Yeah. And and that's what gets you through it. But at the same time, when you look back, that's sort of the most depressing thing about it. Yes, it is. And and you're spending time in malls, and you're hearing the same songs in mother care that you used to get drunk to. <laughs> And it's it's like it's kind of disorientating because it's like a, a personal lockdown in a way. That is so spot on. If I go into mother care and you hear like you only get what you give by the new radicals, and I'm like, oh, oh, I I, I was so drunk, I was sick in a field listening to that in 1996, and now I'm buying nappies. Yeah, look at these booties. <laughs> It is worth just saying again, it's not that you don't love the children. It's that you don't love parenting. <laughs> parenting is, yeah. is worrying. It's such a responsibility. I mean, it's just sort of a constant concern. And so yeah, when yeah. you first get given that, it's a big deal. It's a big yeah. deal. Perfect. And there's no part-timing. There's no part-timing that shit. You, you're in. Man. No, you've got a perfect, got unspoiled being, total blank canvas. Good luck. Yeah, 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 and then you get to ruin it, and then they become a father at seventeen by the sounds yeah. of things. So that's that's great. <laughs> okay, fine, all right. So that's two thousand and five. Let's leave you uh, uh, depressed at Brent Cross, yeah. <laughs> um, and we're going to leap ahead now to two thousand and eight, Nina Conti, and um, excellent stuff here. Oh, this is good, Nina. Yeah. These are great. Yeah, you're coming across very well. We've done Beatles in 2004. 2008, The Fall and Rise of Reginald Perry in the complete second series. This is I uh, bought the 19th that? of September. You I've did. never yeah. seen it. Okay. Yeah, okay. I wouldn't even say that was my cup of tea. I think that must have been some research for a... I must have been researching some sort of self tape. Well, it wasn't self-tape in those days. I must have been researching an interview or something. They remade it, didn't they, around then? Maybe that's when... Oh, uh, yeah, I think I remake. went up for it. I didn't get it. Yeah, I remember now. It was with uh, Hattrick, maybe. How do you find it when you go up for stuff and you don't get it? What's the, yes, what's I get the general chat? I, I got quite far with that, um, what's it called? Peep Show. To play oh. Izzy City. <laughs> to play yes. Izzy City, but I couldn't. I didn't do it. She was City only ever going to well play Izzy. There was no one else. Yeah. There was no one else. <laughs> <laughs> and then Izzy City, who I love, you know, I <laughs> love her so much. Oh. I don't want to see Izzy City again after that, no. No, no. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, it's, it's it's really hard. People need to understand this. They need to understand the uh, the mechanics of. Uh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it failure. Um, <laughs> you know, in the, you're an incredibly successful act, Nina. That's not, we don't have to worry about that. But in terms of um, all the things you go up for, uh, TV shows and sitcoms and stuff, it means I am always surrounded. There's so many things on TV that uh, that I maybe had a meeting for early on, or maybe did the pilot for. Yes, all those you know. lives you didn't live. Yeah. All those, I know. I know. It is. It is quite tough. I mean, we are really going for crocodile tears around. Oh, you know, I mean, and also, I'm I'm delighted that I that I didn't do acting. I mean, I'm delighted that I ended up being a ventriloquist, even though that seems like a tough swap. I think the mm. the powerlessness. I I also go into auditions 
with a need, you know, like nobody mm. wants, you know, this like a neediness that I bring. Even if I'm thinking, oh, well, you don't really want this, so you don't have to bring your neediness. As soon as I'm in the room, I'm all like, help. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not the right vibe. It's not the right vibe to give off. And it, it, it's so true. If I had, the, the only way to get parts is to, it, well, the, the way I, I I think the best way to get parts is to have nine auditions a week so that you're just bouncing from one to the other thinking, I don't give a fuck. And then you start to get parts. Yeah. The problem you have is when you have one audition every couple of weeks or three weeks or whatever. And then in the old days before self-taping, you'd turn up and and you'd be like, I am ready to lead this new life, you know? And it's and, and the the casting people smell that on oh, you. Oh God, you can oh, smell my. it on yourself. It's really a terrible <laughs> pheromone. You can't get rid of it. It's like sort of sausages, isn't oh, it? Onion-y. Yeah, not nice. Yeah, onion. <laughs> need smells like onion oh, uh, God. gross <laughs> please don't fry onions darling i can't smell the need it's, <laughs> it's true though it's true they both lead to tears riding online shops just like a roller coaster oh don't it feel so fine when you're buying all lovely strange things online like books, weight sets and posters. Come on here, the best of the best of my mate bought a toaster. The ventriloquism thing, when did that really, when did that kick off you? And was there a moment when you just thought, I can't keep going up for the acting stuff, I'm going to become a vent, or did it not quite work like that? Well, I was acting, but I was in, I was uh, doing a tiny parts at the Royal Shakespeare Company, which was fun because it was, it's a great big company and everything, but I uh, I had really silly parts where you just stand in a dress and look at what the people who have the lines are saying and pretend you're interested and stuff. And it, yeah. and then there were, it kind of dwindled out to you were doing sort of one show a week and I had these long days to fill. And I remember making a list. I mean, this is so, like, it's, it's such a weird debutante existence to be making a list of what you might do in the day you know I might go for a walk and then I'll have a coffee and then I'm gonna I remember practice the didgeridoo was on there between 11 and 12 (laughs) you know how how things could have been different if I'd have stuck to that but then between you know two and three I was going to practice ventriloquism because I had this teach yourself ventriloquism kit that was a gift from uh, Ken Campbell. I thought I must get around to that. And so I practiced that just in the day in my bedroom and um, made a little video of it and was alarmed when I watched the video back because it looked like I was, it looked like I had company. And I remember thinking, (laughs) that is, that's a good illusion. I believe that thing is real. Yeah. Even though my lips weren't moving very much, I was like, that is, that's alive, that fucking thing. So it was kind of late. 20, I'd get, I guess I was about 27 or something when I started, which is fairly late. I mean, yeah, because ventriloquism, I often think of it in terms of that sort of close-up magic thing. You get those, no no offence, but you do get a, it does it does attract a nerdy type of man in their early teens, maybe, who gets really right. obsessive about yes. it, maybe. Have I been judgmental? No, there? no, you might, you might very well be right. My, I don't know. My, yeah, it's probably, well, I think it worked for me because I was a little shy. I hadn't really found my voice and I was trying yeah. to be a good girl. You know, it's trying to be, I don't know, it's just drummed into me to be a good girl. And so this was, I could still... What do you mean a good girl? What do you mean a good girl? Like like positive, nice, upbeat, never cynical, never dry. Exactly. Yes. And, and to roll with every punch and chin up and get on with it and be nice and be good and all that. Be a daughter, be a good daughter kind of thing. And um, 
but obviously there are objections, unspoken objections that sort of start to build up and little other things, you know, not to be too crude and I don't know, I didn't talk much at sort of gatherings, dinner parties, probably wouldn't speak, I'd laugh politely and stuff. And then so this other thing, this like ventriloquism, it suddenly I had a weapon it was, and, it, and I didn't have to be accountable for it either. So it was like, it really suited me. I thought this can give me a, a dimension that I'm not used to showing or that I think I'll get in trouble if I show. It's so true though that the... Not the kind of uh, damage is an overstatement, but the kind of uh, negativity of feeling like the shy person with a voice that can't get out. And then to suddenly be given that opportunity means that it's all the better. Whereas if you just had that when you were 20 without any of the damage, it wouldn't be very interesting. But it's the fact that you gave that voice so much of the edge that had been building up. So you you kind of, what I'm sort yeah. of getting around to saying is you kind of had to go through the suffering to make that voice really authentic and make it Yeah, work. for it to have something to say. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. And also how lush that it was Ken Campbell who was... Uh... So tell us about your relationship with Ken Campbell. You you were, you were trained with him and stuff? Well, I just sought him out and hung around him and he had a, just an unofficial sort of bunch of actor sort of disciples that became that I became one of. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he had that charisma that people would just do his bidding and hang out in that scene so that's kind of what it was so he was a cult leader okay he was a cult leader sure exactly it was very culty very cult yeah makes sense makes sense um (laughs) and so i i also as this person who i was in my early 20s still unformed and everything i noticed that ken were had something to offer an ingredient that i contained none of (laughs) which was quite not giving a God-given shit what people thought of him and saying anything. He, he didn't need a monkey. He was straight out the gate as uncensored as you like. So I found that fascinating. I thought I need to. I need some of that to rub off on me. But he was very scary too. So I mean, I'm kind of I'm proud that I stuck by him. Someone so frightening when I was so meek. But I knew it was what I needed. But he obviously saw something in you. I guess so. Uh, yeah, he did. I mean, I don't know how, but he did. I remember, and he said, I mean, I've said this before. He said, you're like a clown that doesn't want to wear the nose. So when he came with the ventriloquism, he'd like found a way around that. Yeah, put the nose on your hand. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, I love it. I love it. Um, all right, then. Let's move on, shall we? Uh, 10th of November, 2010 now, Nina. Yes. £126. Ooh, someone's spending their telly money. Oh, Look at this. What do you what do you, do you care to try and remember? You, come on, tenth of November, twenty ten. So November, so we're we're running up to Christmas, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, could could be a a gift for the kids, or maybe for maybe a hard drive or something like that, or. No, no, I'll tell you what it is. Tell us, it's the Tefl Active Fry Low Fat Electric <laughs> Fryer. <laughs> That is so funny. Man, that sorts out an aubergine. Because aubergines Ooh. are very, you know, they, they're sponges for oil and they're fiddly to cook. But that Actify, yes. you know, like a teaspoon, not in, I suppose, a tablespoon of oil. And it's sort of slowly whizzing round, slowly frying and dehydrating as it goes. You get a nice crispy aubergine in there. Add some seeds and soy sauce. <laughs> Just I've often thought you should sort out an aubergine. <laughs> you've you've sorted those pricks out because they because you're right. They are they're oil magnets. Those bad boys. Yeah, they really are. Yeah, and then you think, God, I wanted a vegetable and now I'm eating half of my oil yeah, bottle. Yeah, this is this is just a vehicle for oil. Mm-hmm. This is not. <laughs> I wanted to do it at all. Yeah. Uh, all right, so the low-fat electric fryer. Do you still have the low-fat electric fryer in your life? No, it became really gross and clogged. Um, 
Yeah, and then you know how things that go on the top shelf of the, uh, like above the shelves in the kitchen, like you put them up high because you don't use them much, and they get that sticky way. Oh, it's because yeah, it's sort of oil uh, vapor and dust. Yeah, and it's absolutely gross, and you touch it, and it's on your fingers for ages afterwards. It, it became one of those, and I just had to throw it away. Yeah, yeah. R.I.P. R.I.P. to the electric fat fryer. Yeah. You'll, you'll meet again. You'll meet again. Um, okay, good. So uh, we are moving on to 2011 now. Okay. Can you just meet? There's a real... Now, l- listen. Uh, um, what's going on here, please, Nina? Because 2010, you bought 10 items, okay, in one year. Right. All right. And then in 2011, 103 items in one year. You, do you know what? This must be the buy it now button. Deadly absolutely deadly. I think that there became an app and there became a swipe and something was just really easy to buy. And I'm yeah. also, I have another baby by now and I'm sure I'm buying yes. all kinds of breast pumps and gross well, stuff like that. Yes, bras I can and, see that. Yeah, yes. Do, 20, bras. yeah, 29th of January 2011, you've got the Gina Ford, The New Contented Little Baby Book, The Secret oh. to Calm and Comfort and oh, Parenting. fuck that book. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, maybe that book's right, but all the books that give you advice, man, they just fill you with indecision because they're sometimes so against instinct, yeah. Yes. Oh man. So Gina Ford really divides the parenting community. I mean, it is so basically with Gina Ford you have to build this very very tight structure. Every day has to be the same. 5 past 9 milk, uh you know, 10 o'clock nap, 11 o'clock wake them up even if they're still asleep, wake them up. Oh, do this gosh, kind yes, of play. It's all that. It's a total boot camp, isn't it? It is baby it, yeah, booty camp. Um <laughs> Little baby booty camp. And it is uh, absolutely uh, rigorous. And it means you don't have much freedom to do stuff. So you'd often get like other parenting pals and you'd be like, oh, do you want to go to the park? Oh, I can't do two o'clock. No, because that's when he has his nap and I can't move. You know what I mean? So it, it's very restrictive. It's very restrictive. It really is. But then I, I went the other way. I mean, I guess I was that was my second child. So I was thinking, well, maybe it was... Maybe I should have done that first time yes, around. Yes, yes, yes. So I'll be a bit harsher yeah. this time. And because uh, it's all like leave them to cry and stuff, isn't it? But I, I couldn't do the leave them to cry. I do the bring them into your bed and, you know, make them feel like if you're not there, that the world is ending. And so I created incredibly codependent you know, sleepers. Never know. leave me. Never leave me. He's he's fifteen now. No, no, no. He yes. can only sleep next to mother. Yeah. This is this <laughs> yeah. is this is definitely the way to do it. And also there's something about the second kid, because you've seen it happen with the first kid. You've seen the mistakes you've made and you've also seen how the first kid gets more and more independent gradually over the first however many years. And you do think with the second one, you are my little baby. You're never leaving daddy's side. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. I know. It's funny talking about the I didn't know that this was I thought it was all gonna be like I don't know, salacious uh, purchases, but it's actually, it's really taking me into mm. the early days of mothering. Yes, <laughs> good. I mean, we can make we can make it salacious, Nina, at the drop of a hat. Look at this. Original nursing bra, double plus. Oh, four. That's not like it. Yeah, Thank I know. You. You, can un- you can reveal one breast at a time with a bra like that. <laughs> if you want to do some sort of strip show later on after... <laughs> After the baby's gone to bed, I mean, it is yeah, it is incredible. You can al- you could almost uh, opening one sort of cup at a time. You can almost signal like you could, like bringing in a plane with the <laughs> ping pong paddle butts. Something that sort of connects to ventriloquism somehow too. I don't know. Oh my god! There's an act. Oh. I can't 
Hi, I'm Scott Hancock, and I host From Queer to Eternity, a new podcast exploring what it means to be queer, where we have conversations like this. I look at younger generations and go, you can just Google this stuff. The fact that the only mention of queerness was don't get AIDS. <laughs> if I'd been marrying a girl, that would not have happened. Maybe we can find a, a universality that, that we weren't aware of before. That's why this podcast so great, because actually, well, I guess we just don't think to speak of this stuff, and yet it's part of our fabric. From Queer to Eternity, available to listen to now from the great big app. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Owl Company. All right, Nina, we're moving on then to uh, 2012. You know, there's some great stuff here. We've got a lovely 3.5 millimeter stereo jack cable. It's a classic cable. Sorry, so 3.5, just a jack to jack? Just, just a jack to jack, mate. Yeah, mail to mail. Lo- lovely to yeah. see. 4.99. Lovely bit of cabling you got there. Yeah, all right. Well, I was actually at the time because I had, Ken Campbell had died by then and left yes. me all his puppets in his will. And I decided like to have one final Ken adventure and take them to this graveyard in Kentucky where the puppets of dead ventriloquists go to rest. And I wanted to make a film about it. So I started, I couldn't sell this idea, which I, uh, to any TV companies or get any money for it. So I thought I'll just do it kind of, I'll do it myself. So we went on a filming course with documentary filmmakers to learn how to use a camera and edit and all that kind of thing. Yeah. the front line and then i start buying kit and everything so i think there might be a lot of kit about to arrive yes lots of earphones lots but of maybe earphones. i mean i bought the good stuff from probably yeah i bought that from somewhere else in soho but yes there will be li- little bits of kit now because i'm fancying myself as a solo journalist i see <laughs> nina conti the guerrilla journalist the author the ventriloquist author hang on so this is there's there's a lot to unpack here so ken campbell left you his his um Dummies in his world. That must have been a deeply moving moment when you discovered that. Yeah, it was surprising. It was shocking. Yeah. It was shocking to be part of the will. I mean, good Lord. Oh, my God. You didn't have to go and sit at a will reading, did you? No, I didn't. But his daughter called me and she said, you're, you're in the will and you're the only other person that's in the will. Everything goes to me, but you get this. <laughs> and it was, oh, such a, it was such a funny and specific stipulation to have put it in the will. I mean that if that isn't a goading into some sort of action, I don't know what is. It just it, it really is. It's you have to do something crazy to me. Yeah. So so tell us about this thing. Did you did you? This is a, there's a place in Kentucky where all dummies are, are sent to be buried, right? Or interred. Yes, and it's called Vent Haven. You can walk around it and you can see them all glassy eyed and voiceless, um, and it's very eerie. Too bloody right it is. That's a horror film waiting to happen. Yeah, I know, I know, it really is. And they come alive at night or something. But I don't know, they just, they're just so voiceless. Those voices that were, felt like the voices were in those bodies is yeah. it, it's silent. So it feels more quiet than most museums because of the, the lack of talking of these things. And did you, well, um, um, did you take Monkey with you? He must have been shitting himself. Yeah, I did take Monkey. And I wonder, I mean, I think Monkey might end up there. One of, well, I've got several monkeys, you know. 
Yeah. One for yeah. the kids to continue. Mm. Uh, one for Vent Haven. One for my coffin. <laughs> Just to really fuck up archaeologists when they find you in thousands of years. She must have led these people. Um, so, so did you did you go and film all this stuff? And what happened to all the footage? Um, I made a film out of it, and uh, yeah, I made a film out of it, and it it's on Amazon Prime. <laughs> it's on oh, Amazon Prime. There you go. It all yeah, comes back to Amazon. Amazon. Yeah, okay. yeah, I'm bringing this back to Amazon. Yeah, it's called Her Master's Voice, and it's a documentary. And then, and BBC Four bought it and right. showed it, which was very nice. So it's called Her Master's Voice, and it's on Amazon Prime now. Yeah. That was me doing my trailer voice. Did you like that? Thank you. It's on. <laughs> Amazon Prime now. Um, all right, then, Nina, let's move on ahead then, shall we? Let's crash on through. We're going through to, where are we now? 2013 now. Let's have a little look of it. Oh, car seat covers, beige design. Oh, Nina, Gross. you want to live. Gross. Oh, what's going on here? What's going on? That sounds awful. But beige <laughs> seat covers. God, gross. And are they are they fluffy? No. Beige car seat classic car mats, UM5 luxury cars. How can we go from this, the exquisite touching story of going to a ventriloquist mausoleum to beige car covers? Large cargo liner car boot mat, washable. Have you got a dog maybe at this point? No, I've just got messy kids. <laughs> I, th- I think I'm, yeah, it's all raisins down the back. I don't know, spilled spilled smoothies and so on i think uh this but i i did buy an old beige uh mercedes so i just went kind of beige. if you think of it like 1970s kind of cop cop, uh, series that Mm. kind of beige Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you could try and eat stop trying to make beige cool nina okay (laughs) stop it (laughs) it's not gonna work it's not gonna work um All right, so beige, and I also, don't think I managed to get them on. I think they maybe went straight in the bin. I think I got very <laughs> angry, upside down, around the back of the car, trying to fit them. That's the kind of thing that can make me go into a rage. Just, and you just walked away, in the bin, gone. Yeah. Oh, fuck these. Oh, fuck these. They're trying to ruin my life. What does what does Nina Conti in a rage look like? Is it is it a swear word scenario? Do you physically damage things? Because I'm a physical damager. I once I once um, smashed a printer up. I punched a printer and smashed it to pieces about 20 years ago, and I still think about it to this day. Really? Yeah, well, yeah. some things deserve it. Yeah. Well, they, yeah, it's um, true. Actually, that, I still think about it because that printer still fucks me off to this day. Yeah. <laughs> the thing that I did, yeah, no, I'm not proud of this because it's petulant and very childish. You know, it's ridiculous. Uh, but my glasses fall off when I bend down to do anything, or if I'm looking for something in a drawer, or yeah. my clothes are in a sort of a oh a trough at the moment. I haven't really got a proper drawers and so I bend down to look for clothes that are all on top of each other in this trough and my glasses fall off into the trough and then so I took my glasses off when they were about to fall off and threw them on the floor <laughs> because that's where they wanted to be we'll see how you like it yes, and yes, yes. down they went for fuck you glasses <laughs> and then it. instantly oh shit did I break them but <laughs> That is so true. Giving inanimate objects what they clearly want. That is, <laughs> I, I have done exactly the same thing. You should, this definitely be to stand up in this, right? When I get stuff out of the washing machine and a few socks and pants often sort of fall out, you get the rogue bits that fall out as you take away from the washing machine to the dryer. And several oh, times, yeah. several times if one drops, I'm like, fine, fuck you. And I get the other one in that pair I'll look for it and throw that one on the floor as well obviously you want to be together on the floor in the dust you pricks really well that's yeah. also quite considerate but if what if a with the dirty wash that you're about to put in 
gets mixed with those ones that come out that are a bit wet and you don't know what's wet and what's dirty. I mean, that's... In- it's just fuck those pricks. Just, I just... Yes. That is... The, yeah. I've, I've come close to... Um, you know, like, if you spill a bit of tea... I've had rages where I've thought, I'm just going to pour the whole tea on the floor. It's exactly the same thing, because I think this is what the tea wants. Yeah, see it's how amazing. it likes it. Um, oh, look, 12th of February 2013, the deluxe lace-up clown shoes. Yes. Oh, Christ. Oh. <laughs> this takes me into deep pain. This is me being a save-the-world giggle doctor in the hospitals. I'm taking my comedy into the hospital children's wards to be oh, a, a goody two-shoes, and I am hopelessly bad at it. Oh, and Nina. I'm creating trauma to sick <laughs> children. And then after a two-year escapade, I admit defeat <laughs> and leave sure. and stop it. What? I, don't, I don't know what question to ask first. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was magic Mm. and I'd seen it done really well. And so Mm. I felt this calling and thought, well, this is, this is magic because these kids, when you get a good one, uh, a kid can forget they're sick for a bit or they might not have. And hospital life is awful. Um, The nurse, they must get get so bored. They must get so bored. But yeah, it's lonely and there's just a sort of iPad and you just kind of, you they can stop being like a kid yeah. after a while. And yeah. so when you get a good hospital clown, and clown's a bit of a dirty word, so we're just talking about a, someone who's sort of entertaining and fan, funny, fanny, funny, but not someone, <laughs> not someone scary with a painted face and a squirty flower and all that crap. Oh, but you have got the like, big clown shoes here, though. You did buy the big clown shoes. I did buy Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. It's just dreadful. Oh, awful. Horrible. Horrible. <laughs> well, what happened? Um, You're turning into uh, monkey. I can hear monkey's voice coming out. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, regret. But yeah, the so then I started to learn clown and do, you know, all that Goliath and all that stuff that everybody in the comedy industry starts dips a toe into. Mm. Um, Phil Berger's Dr. Brown did some really good clown courses and you start to learn that clown is like this cool thing. But uh, yeah, it, I wasn't very good at it. Sorry, I lost my way there. What was I talking about? So when you see a good giggle doctor... Yeah. Um, you see, the the parents are sort of crying and thanking you and saying, you know, we haven't seen him smile uh, oh. in day. You know, there's that kind of thing. So you're after that. Um, you're after that ultimate reward for you as a performer. What a wonderful thing to what? feel. And what oh happens to you? Oh my god! Exactly. Look at that, and look at the ego that you're bringing in to be a savior. It's really, tr- it's dicey. Yes. It's a yes. dicey area, and yes. and you just the imposter syndrome that comes in hot, and mm. then. You're bringing all your baggage. Like, am I in this for the wrong reason? Or that? Just get out the hospital. Oh, sort God. your mind out outside sort of... the children's ward, <laughs> <laughs> and don't bring your shit in here. Please tell know. me you weren't going up to the kids, going, "Sorry, you, you're quite a tough crowd, guys. What's wrong? <laughs> Come on, please tell me you weren't doing that." No, I absolutely wasn't. So, it's so, heartbreaking in there. It's heartbreaking. I, 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 know, I know, and I can imagine. And God bless you for, for doing this. Honestly, Nina, that's a, that's a beautiful thing to do. Well, I really think people who are good at it should keep on, on, you know, getting funded and everything. Do you do it to, like, all of them? Or do you go from bed to bed? And do you have to do, like, five minutes? How does it, like, how is well, the... Well, you, you kind of have to be invited. So you'll, like, mm. take an interest in the water 
cooler um and you know like be funny around the water cooler and see if you hear them laughing but you're not like going up to their bed and doing stand up at them it's sort of like blow bubbles or something see if they if they want it and then you kind of it's that sort of approach Mm. um i want to know if there's some sort of charity that funds hospital clowns because i feel like that's something i'm going to give money to because no, I think that's yes, just there the is. I mean, I'm a patron, thing. and they're, they're called the Giggle Doctors. And the uh, Giggle Doctors. Yeah. Okay, let's do a big plug. The Giggle Doctors, because that's just I didn't realise it was such a thing. I didn't realise. Yeah, um, it is. It's a big thing, and I think it must be quite hard right now if everybody's having to wear masks. I don't think that. Well, they they might be all right with it. They might. They'll probably find ways to make to still do it. I yeah. love that you've become a patron. Did 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 one of the nurses sidle up to you one day and say, "Listen, do you, do you, would would you rather be a patron? Would that be easier?" Yeah, I know, exactly. I thought I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do my work in a different way. <laughs> um, all right, okay. Very well, long be- hours, very hard work. It's very long hours. Yeah, and, I'm know, sure just- I'm sure doctors listening to this are agreeing with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. God, oh, don't. Oh, <laughs> shit. No, you're right. God. Uh, all right, 2015, Nina Conti, as we get towards the present day here on this week's My Mate Bought a Toaster. Um, all sorts of stuff, all sorts of stuff, loads of money on tech, you're buying gadgets. I'm guessing the kids are older now because what have we got here? Um, Stand By Me on Prime Video, mm. um, brilliant movie, of course, Fantastic Mr. Fox on Prime Video. Oh, yeah. Um, this is when the kids get, it, it does get more fun with the kids when you can watch movies like this with them, doesn't it? Yes, definitely. Yeah, that's that's a cosy movie, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yes. Yeah, yes. the music and everything. Yeah, I could watch that again and again. Exactly. Cosy movies with the kids is the best bit. There are there are moments start to appear with the kids where you're like, oh, I see why I'm in this now. I love this. Mary Poppins, again, classic example. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> um, 9th of September 2015, the Sasha traditional French market basket with long and short leather handles. Very nice. Bar- You've bought a load of baskets. Fucking hell, what's going on here? 9th of September on the same day, you bought yeah. four shoulder baskets. <laughs> you bought a load of yes. baskets. Why? No, I'm not going to the beach. I'm putting a monkey in them and going on stage. So oh, they have course. to, if I, yes. a monkey bag needs to have a, a robust and open uh, top. You can't have it zipping and flapping. It has to be easy in out for the hand plunge of the puppet. So that's what those are. Right, you see, we're, we're, we're really seeing behind the curtain here. Yeah. This <laughs> yeah. is excellent. This is excellent. And to um, actually literally go behind the curtain, I'm standing in the wings about to go on and monkey's in the bag. And sometimes I just put my hand in to him and have him turn his face up to me and I look at him for moral support. Do you, <laughs> like, do you feel it? He, do you feel that? I turn his face and his look says to me, I got this. Oh, Nina, I love it. <laughs> and I go, okay, you got this. All right, we'll go out. You'll be fine. Oh, that's so lovely. Could you imagine doing stand-up without without the monkey next to you? No, I only did it once when I forgot the monkey. and uh, But I spent the whole gig talking about what the monkey would say and how it was a lot harder coming out of my mouth. It was kind of a funny gig, but I don't want to do it again and again. Please it tell felt me like you didn't it... turn up at a gig without your monkey. I did. I forgot <laughs> the monkey. And so then I would go, hi, sir, what's your name? And what do you do? Well, that sounds shit. You know, it was really different with me saying it. 
I mean, yes. that's not a very good joke, is it? But I mean, I know in I the moment I could imagine that working. That. That's the sort. To be honest, Nina, that's the kind of kit I was using. I was doing that. Big, big fan. Yeah, of that. so, so yeah, that's just just insulting. But <laughs> with me apologising for it when monkeys there is is less disingenuous than when I say it and I go, oh, sorry. I don't know, it really brought my act down to its bare bones. Amazing. Insult and apology. But I enjoyed it because of the the fear and the special uniqueness of not having monkey. But I don't think that would carry on for a whole run. I think it was a one-off Yeah. uh, Yeah. that I got away with. Amazing. No, I'm not really... I No, I'm not... think better in plural really on stage i think it's nicer to have mm. two voices yeah i just love how i mean he really has become his own voice to the point where he looks at you and wishes you good luck before the gig i mean that is you know yeah, it's sick, that is it? it's it's fantastic but it's it's yeah, brilliant it's full now it's full blown it is. i just don't know yeah it's really it's really weird because i look back on working with that monkey now 20 years or something and i don't and and i don't remember being him all that time i feel like he was there so a trick has happened in my brain i've fallen for my own illusion oh yeah and then monkey said that i'm like no monkey never said anything (laughs) you said all of it it's amazing there is there it's there is something very borderline psychotic about it it's incredible it's incredible but but that shows you i I think that just shows you the strength of the character like he's become his own thing and writers talk about this all the time about all their characters doing their own thing that's just yeah you've just written a character who happens to sit on your hand a lot yeah that's it yeah trying to make you you feel better about (laughs) some quite worrying symptoms um all right okay well let's move on listen what we're going to do now nina as we get towards the end of this episode and thank you so much for uh i'm going to put it frankly oversharing it's been excellent um (laughs) Uh, 2020 I don't know if you know but there was a little bit of a pandemic that happened over 2020 so it's it's a Mm. good year for us to see what's going on with you um it started off 22nd of January 2020 you bought a uh, forum buffalo adult costume mask you bought the uh, a big uh, mask of uh, a buffer of a buffalo with horns and everything do you want to explain yourself yes yes so I uh, started doing an act with Shanoa Allen uh, Shanoa and the buffalo uh, and I dress as a full-sized buffalo. It's like I've become the puppet. And so wow. we had this show. That was just a prototype, and then had one made by the woman who makes all the Star Wars characters. She's really top-end. Um, and she made this fantastic buffalo, cost the earth. And uh, we were about to go to the Melbourne Comedy Festival with Shanoa and the buffalo, uh, but then we didn't. But then stuff I've got happened. This fabulously unused buffalo in my house now. Wow! Wow! Very very hard to sell a second hand buffalo costume. One careful lady owner doesn't. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not sure that's going to sell. Refur- refurbished <laughs> buffalo, anyone? But that 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 will come back. Surely, eventually, you will be doing that. Right? Yes, I think we will do it eventually when the world comes back. But it's funny when the ideas that you're about to do before this happened it's a little strange to go back to them as if yes. nothing happened. i don't know the what the changes in yourself and your tastes are imperceptible but you think well i can't just pretend nothing's happened you have to kind of do a redo on yes. i don't know i mean i do want to do it but i can't just go straight into it like pretending nothing happened 
Yes. And it will be a different show now. Of course. And this is, but everyone's got this now, you know. I look at my wardrobe and I'm like, who's that guy? Like, yeah. if the world goes back to normal, who, I'm not going to wear any of these. I, I don't like these anymore. It's so strange. It's like, it, it's like uh, when we go back to the real world, it will be like going back in, in time. It will literally be like time traveling to however long ago it will be by the time life gets back to normal again. And, yes, yes. and we'll be like, I'm not sure I want to do that. And that, that works for clothes. That works for all your creative ideas, all the writing. It, it, the mood has changed so dramatically. It's really weird. It's really weird. Yeah. And that buffalo, the, when I was, I did do some previews at the Soho Theatre. At that buffalo, when I was being the buffalo, I crowd surfed. So that's like, that's out. <laughs> and I loved crowd surfing in that big buffalo costume. It was amazing. And oh. then other things like I would get people's water bottles and pour them into my eyes to drink. And like, I had all these tricks, but they're so like touchy and involved. and. Yeah. Yeah, that's sad. So what would it be now? A buffalo standing at a distance? Phys- <laughs> I don't know. Physical comedy with social distancing is very, very hard. You can't push the envelope because you can't lick the envelope. It's very tricky. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so hard. Um, you have an interesting relationship with animals because, you know, if you haven't got an animal uh, sitting on your hand or if you're not dressed as an animal yourself, uh, you're also uh, waging war on them here on the 8th of March 2020, just before lockdown happened. Uh, Nina mm-hmm. Conti was buying bird spikes to keep the pigeons away. <laughs> yeah, they were noisy. Oh my goodness, it was uh, quite noisy. But it was above my kid's bedroom, right? And uh, he wasn't sleeping, so we had to put, yeah, deterrent spikes. Isn't that awful? Uh, but I don't think any pigeons were harmed. I think they were just put off. And I yes. did get somebody to come and lift the thing on the roof to make sure there were no eggs under there, and there were no eggs under there. Did you? That's very nice of you. Well, I cannot live with the thought of a hatching dying. <gasps> oh, no, no, God. No, no, no. Yeah, no, that is no, bad. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. That's bleak. Yeah. That is bleak. Um, the final thing for today's show, and here we are, March 2021, as, you know, hope and optimism starts to course through everyone's veins, along with, of course, the vaccine for many people. Uh, and here you are uh, looking for something else in your veins. You've bought some Patron Silver Tequila. Ah, oh, yeah. For £42.50, oh, along yes. with 12 Boston shot glasses. Someone's having an yes. illegal party. Do-da, do-da. Bust it. <laughs> Yes, I went on a diet. I put on weight during lockdown and then I grew to a point where I was sick of my sick of myself. And so I went on a keto diet and cut booze out for a month. Did um, it work? As a reward. Yes, it has worked and it's still working. I'm about a month in. So no booze. Also because I was drinking beer every night. I mean, what else is God. there to do? I was no, like, exactly. I was yeah. on four cans of San Miguel every night. That was just like on a non-drinking night. So one month no drinking, and then but that was the that was going to be the party when I celebrated one month, which was the night before last. So we had uh, it was ridiculous. We, had, I mean, it's like adults playing make-believe we had mariachi music on <laughs> candles and uh, lemon and salt and these little shot glasses oh, and I love uh, yeah well one shot when you haven't had a drink for a month one shot gets right to the point and it was really fun god oh. it was fun um but uh, now i have to go back to not drinking again because it's a bit too fun so i'm, I'm gonna do another 
I don't know what I'll do, two weeks or something before the I, next I, party. I think it's a great rhythm to get into, just to go weeks and weeks without drinking and then get absolutely fucked on silver tequila once a month. That's an incredible <laughs> routine, like on a full moon. Yeah, yeah, full moon. <laughs> but it was kind of Richard and Greta. It was me and Shanoa who do the podcast, Richard and Greta. And so we kind of did it. We had our party as Richard and Greta and we talk about that in our next podcast. Excellent. Uh, so Richard and Greta had the tequila party. Okay, so it's worth saying, listen out for that. Richard and Greta, a brand new podcast, which is available on Great Begal. It's a brilliant, brilliant podcast. I mean, they're, they're, are they sexperts? Is that the right way to describe them, Nina? Well, I, I wouldn't say they were uh, in any way expert on things, but they're certainly unqualified. But they love to talk and investigate every possibility to do with a relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are they're, they're very proud of their relationship, and so they only want to help others get as much as they get out of each other. It's pretty, I mean, they're... They're deeply in love, you know. Yeah. <laughs> they're deeply well, in love. It's I, a very lurid and wholesome kind of um, <laughs> relationship. <laughs> we love lurid. We love lurid. Uh, so that's Richard and Greta, uh, which is available now on Great Big Al. And if you listen to uh, more recent episodes, you'll probably be able to smell the tequila uh, coming across the airwaves uh, because, yeah. you know, you've got to have tequila before you podcast. I had six before we started this. It's the only way to do it. It's the only way to do it. Um, I mean, and also how wonderful that we find you, you know, lighting candles to drink tequila and make a podcast. You know, we started with you driving around Brent Cross depressed with a kid in the back of the car. Uh, and, and here you are getting pissed in your kitchen, making a podcast on tequila. It's a happy story. Well, thank you for the journey, though. It's been really um, interesting. Oh, Nina, I'm logging out of your account. That's it. I'm I'm That's I'm. It. I'm leaving it as we speak. Uh, thank you so much so for joining me. So that litre bottle of lube you didn't notice or... Oh, yeah. fuck! <laughs> I did notice it. I just wrote a review underneath <laughs> with your name. Um, Nina Conti, thank you for joining me on My Mate Bought a Toaster. You're absolutely brilliant and what a wonderful array of random stuff and uh, random things you've been getting up to. That was so much fun. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Love you, baby, and I want you for the rest of my day. The very, very brilliant and very sober throughout this podcast, Nina Conti. And do check out Richard and Greta. It's a very, very funny uh, brand new podcast from Great Big Al. It is ace. Thank you very much for listening. And that is it for today. I'll be back next week. Cheers now. GreatBigOwl.com Hello, my name is Pete Ellison. This is Dave Cribb. Hello, and we do a podcast called Friends with Friends, as you might have guessed from the music that's playing underneath, uh, which is a sort of lo-fi rendition of the Friends theme tune for rights reasons. We get a different guest on every week on our podcast to talk about their favourite episode of Friends. And we look through in excruciating detail. We pick through levels of plots like no one has ever done before. So if you like Friends or just listening to people talking, which are both valid activities, do look us up on the old podcast app than that friends with friends and we're on twitter at friends wf hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.